Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor FM. It's what we're using to record this podcast today. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. back again with another episode of these are bad movies i'm amy bell and i'm amanda ferriante and it's that time of year getting jolly no yes i'm not feeling the holiday spirit oh we are gonna feel that holiday spirit so hard we're gonna feel something (laughs) tell them what movie we're gonna watch uh we are going to watch the worst christmas movie of all time love actually I can rate it right now without having ever seen it. I don't want to see this movie. Well, we're going to watch it. She's doing this to me. Yeah. But unfortunately, I have to watch it too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It is. It'll come back and get you. All right, let's do this. (laughs) We've watched the movie. We're back at my apartment. We're recording... And I have something I need to get off my chest. <laughs> okay. Amy has noticed that I've been glaring daggers at her since she suggested this movie. Because it is a movie I've never wanted to see. But also, I didn't want it to be the intro to my holiday season. Oh. I had big plans to watch a movie I was going to like to open up. <laughs> The Christmas spirit. Are you telling me that that movie did not get you in the Christmas spirit, Amanda? No! <laughs> it made me think about 9-11 a lot. Which is almost the exact opposite of the Christmas spirit. Jeez. It, it, it does just boggle my mind that this is apparently a beloved movie. Um, because it's so odd it's such an odd movie it's really poorly written so i haven't seen this movie until today no uh, you've seen it for over 17 years okay which if you look at when the movie came out 2003 yes and i say over 17 years because I, in fact, was subjected to this movie in theaters considerably before the release date. Oh, no. I was part of a test group. And they still released it. To see <laughs> how audiences would react to Love Actually. I had to take a questionnaire. I had to, like, rate everything. I had to get checked in. I've never seen anything like this before or since. 
that they had this theater full of people that they were getting uh, opinion surveys on before they were even showing um, trailers. trailers. I, I knew nothing of the movie. And so I went to the Cinemark on the Country Club Plaza with my mother to watch this movie. It's not a movie to watch with your mom. It's not a movie to watch with your mom, which is also what makes it an odd Christmas movie. It really is. Yeah. So I went to a theater to watch this with my mom. And the way it was kind of presented to me was like this movie was maybe at a stage in production where they weren't quite sure which direction they were going with it. I don't know. But when I watched the movie, I assumed that the lack of plot was in fact due to the movie being unfinished. So I wrote pages. I filled everything on the questionnaire about how this movie was absolutely a big swing and a miss, Mm -hmm. how it was just completely unwatchable, Mm -hmm. how it might be the worst movie I've ever seen. And honestly, until I watched The Singles Ward, (laughs) I would have told you Love Actually was the worst movie that I've ever seen. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Right. I'm getting that picture now. But until (laughs) yesterday, I would have said this movie was the worst movie I've ever seen. And... You know, it it was such a long time after I went to that that they started showing trailers. I genuinely thought that I had watched a movie that they had decided after audience response was not worth the money they were going to put into it to release. (laughs) I thought that was the end of it. I thought that I had seen this train wreck of a movie and said, oh, sorry, guys, you missed the point on this one. And they went, oh, we really did and weren't going to release it. And then lo and behold, trailers come out. People start going to this movie and I'm going, this cannot be the movie that I saw. I mean, there's so much wrong with it. Enjoying. There's so much wrong with it. Oh, there's so much wrong with it. I, I mean, I have just been boggled to watch this movie go from what I thought was an incomplete product that they were just testing to see if any of the random stories landed with anyone to being told that this is a Christmas classic. That, like, it's time to cozy up on the couch and watch Love Actually. No. I don't understand. I found a review I'd like to quote. I would love to hear the review you'd like to quote. So it's a review of someone who didn't like the movie. Some <laughs> reviewer. Again, I'm getting this from the Wikipedia page. It's from Christopher Orr of The Atlantic. And... He considers he's described it as the least romantic movie of all time and considers its ultimate message to be, quote unquote, it's probably best if you give up on love altogether and get on with the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't paint a positive picture of anything except maybe I, I thought that the little story about the kid with the crush. No. That learned how to... Because the kid is cute. It's a cute kid. The story isn't cute. The story's awkward, but the kid is cute. And, like, having the kid do the dramatic airport scene thing was kind of cute. It jumped the shark. I ca- yeah. It, it. I'm not saying good. 
I'm just saying that was like the one thing was like, oh, okay, the kid's story again. He has the chalkboard with the messages. Uh, sure. Yeah, I... I mean, you go ahead and, and talk up this movie, Amy. I'm not going to join you. The worst part about it is trying to talk about what the plot of this movie is. Just, it's like chasing your tail. It's chasing tail. It is chasing tail. <laughs> That's the plot. Yeah, I even, I read the Wikipedia as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it summarizes the plot's going on here oh, i and, didn't even bother reading and the plot even section reading the plots no my eyes started to cross and i completely lost track of everything a lot of so some of the main ones don't even resolve they don't resolve i mean i don't i don't even know and, well, and you you look at the one with the lady whose name i don't remember but she's the wife with the two kids and then the the cheating husband you look at that couple right yeah, they no. just they just kind of uh, you know you have to assume so that much. their life is miserable is what it, it yes. looks like they just kind of like oh I guess I can't have the pretty lady and she's just like oh I guess I, guess my... I can't have a husband who respects me yeah say la vie like th that's the resolution yeah it's not a resolution it's unnerving you look at oh, you look at the newlywed couple with Kira Knightley uh huh and. Jack, the friend that like <laughs> treats her like dirt because he's actually in love with her and has to yes. protect himself. And then all three of them show up at the airport to see this guy that they know for some reason. And it's like, why are all three of these people still talking? Okay, so that <laughs> that's kind of like where I think this whole movie is like some junior college. Oh, it's so important. Thought experiment. Like, think about all the people coming into the arrivals terminal and create the stories that brought them there. And so they started on that track. No, and then they go one step past that know, and talk no, about 9 11! In the intro monologue, I know the guy who plays the prime minister. I'm refusing to learn their names. Yes, you should note. I have, I don't know which one's which. I don't care. The, the British guy who plays the prime They're minister. They're all British. The one who plays the prime minister okay. is doing the voiceover. I'm pretty sure he's like, think of all the the love and stuff at airports, and it's so beautiful. And no one who made phone calls on the 9/11 plane was sending out messages of hate. I know. So, like, this kind of paints this backdrop for this movie. Of, and then it, it goes from that. It's relatively soon after 9-11. So you're starting to see, <sighs> like, the repercussions of 9-11 um, in, in the wars that are being started. Um, there's a lot of xenophobia. There's a lot of hate. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still kind of scared airports are scary i mean the tension between the united states and other nations oh my goodness and it was almost like they tried to make this feel good we're all human beings and we all ache on the inside and you don't know what people are going through and it's so hard like the human condition 
is something that we can all relate to. I mean, I took it as this very, like, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and pretend like everybody's okay, but let's cast it all with white European people. With Okay, and there are black characters. They're but they're sen- very secondary characters. I know, like... One of them gets married in the movie about love, and he's not the love interest. No! (laughs) It's his white best friend who wants to cheat with his wife. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, they they toy around with the fact that there might be homosexual relationships, but don't have the courage to actually depict them. Um it's so pathetic. Like, how much better would it have been if the friend had actually been in love with him? It would have been better. It would have made more sense. They built it up. It yeah. was a red herring. It was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, you talk about basic writing. I yelled in the middle when some bullshit. You're going to have to bleep this episode. <laughs> some stu- So, the... Colin Farrell or Firth or whatever his name is. The white guy. The white guy. <laughs> the, the writer white guy whose brother is sleeping with his wife. So he goes to his via in France to go write a bad book because the writing in this movie is amazing. They can't even picture someone being good at writing. <laughs> and <laughs> his... His Portuguese-speaking housekeeper that he's falling in love with in Portuguese is the only language he doesn't speak. (laughs) And at one point, his cell phone's lost, and they're shuffling through papers trying to find the cell phone because it's ringing, and he he has to answer the cell phone. And then they find it, and it cuts away. (laughs) Like, bad writing! We call that a Chekhov's gun. If there's a gun on stage, it has to go off. The cell phone went off and nothing happened with it. <laughs> it's as if the gun was shooting blanks. <laughs> like, it's bad writing. Yeah. And I didn't even notice until I read the Wikipedia page that the writer in France with the Portuguese maid live, like, housekeeper daily there maid was his girlfriend was having an affair with his brother and it was his girlfriend i guess according to wikipedia i don't don't even know i didn't even remember that he had been with a woman prior to the the, woman at the house i didn't know i had seen him before you didn't know you'd seen a lot of characters before i know i kept going who's this guy (laughs) none of them had connections for me halfway through i asked what's happening to the plot with the the redheaded guy who sucks she was like, what redheaded guy who sucks? And I'm like, I don't know. And then 20 minutes later, we get him having a threesome, quadruple sum in America because. And I was like, oh, that guy. This is a movie about love. It wasn't that I forgot that that story was going on. It's that I didn't notice he had red hair. Oh, There were just like so many unremarkable things about that movie. Yeah. That it's remarkable. No, it's not. Also, the fact that it was all supposed to coalesce around the arrivals gate at Heathrow, which, okay, that's kind of a romantic concept. Poorly executed. Yes. But before they all coalesce at the arrivals gate at Heathrow, 
they inexplicably all coalesce at a children's Christmas pageant with weird lobster characters that I can only assume they put in there because kids dressed as lobsters are cute. They put it in there because quirky. I guess so. I mean, I I don't even know. So much of this movie is quirky. But everybody shows up to this, like, maybe one or two characters, maybe, I don't, I, I couldn't tell, who was, who were was... not at the Christmas pageant. So, like, it all coalesces there, and then they're like, but also the airport. But then also a month later, then they're all arriving, because some of them were leaving. Yeah. It, it was, it was... I, I mean, it was as bad as I remember it. And I think they might have actually cut some scenes since the last time I saw well, it. Apparently, they s- cut an entire plot line of lesbians. Of course they would. Yeah. But also, I can't imagine how they would have handled that. Because oh. they couldn't even handle the straight couples well. I mean, half of these relationships were just jokes. I mean, just long-running jokes. Like, the... The Martin Freeman and the oh, white the, chick. The, the people that were the, just gratuitous nudity for no well, real plot device. Well, and the joke is that they're constantly having to enact sex scenes for work because they're, they're lighting stand-ins. They're stand-ins, yeah. For, I have to assume, a bad porno. I think it's supposed to be like, that was supposed to be like major productions... I have to assume a well-funded porno. Okay. Um, but the joke with them is they're constantly enacting these sex scenes with each other. But when they go on a date and they kiss. They're really shy. They're, and it's so exciting. Yeah. That they kissed. Like, yeah. all of those scenes of just gratuity for a bad punchline. Yeah. And and that's what that's about the only thing that makes it the kind of movie that you don't want to see with your mother. I mean, there's more than that. Well, I mean, it's not a good movie. I'm just saying that they threw in oh. that largely gratuitous for no reason well, that makes it not appropriate for you know. Well, and well, even, none of it's even even if you took out all of the scenes with that particular couple, you still have all of the asses and the tits out on display. In the background, as just random art. Yeah, but naked people in art is is still different. It is, but they had like Santa hats on nipples as pasties. It was it was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward nudity. Amy, the word is tasteless. It was tasteless. The only the, like the only glimpse of nudity that you got with the like stereotypical British humor that is delightful. Was there was like the rock star guy that said if his Christmas single hit number one, he'd play naked. Yeah. And it indicated that he was playing naked without showing full frontal nudity. Well, because. And everybody was laughing. It was a very British type of sight gag that was still completely fine. And that's different. It's just different. No, no, no. I'm fine with that. But that leads me to the other problem I have with this movie. It's so obviously pre the Me Too era. <laughs> it is painful to watch. Oh, like those are the 
multiple plot lines of like inappropriate office relationships. Yes. Yeah. And and the creepy United States president who's oh. who's like hitting on the secretary. I know. And that's where the and then she's sad because it's like she cheated on the prime minister. Oh, I know. Yeah. When she was like just basically like inappropriately touched when bringing in a tray of tea yeah. or something. Oh, and everyone's calling her fat, including other women. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all of this is done with this amazing star-studded cast. Oh, they also really liked their sets. The directing was terrible because it was just like, look at this beautiful set we made. Like all of these really high emotion scenes where they're shooting from 20 feet away so you can't see the actors' faces, but you can see the bedspread because it's so pretty. <laughs> like, I hate this movie. <laughs> Plot aside, it's terrible to look at. I know. And and all the like iconic moments are so toxic. Yes. Like the... the the cue cards outside of the door, like, don't tell your husband it's me. Tell him it's your girlfriend. and Or like, Christmas carolers. Yeah. Yeah. It was something ridiculous. And, and like, then, everyone's like, seen this scene. I'd seen that scene. I didn't realize it was from this movie. So when I see it come up, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is terrible. I know. And then the, like, whole, they've got... the. The girlfriend of the prime minister at the end, like, greets him at the airport, and she's dressed like Monica Lewinsky. Like, they Was made, that the outfit? It really made her look like Monica Lewinsky. I thought she was trying to dress like sexy Santa Claus. I have no idea, but she looked like Monica Lewinsky Because well, the big me. red Which coat. Monica Lewinsky is a hilarious human being, but I don't think they were trying to, like, pay homage to no. Monica Lewinsky. No. There. Although, with... The tongue-in-cheek Bill Clinton president, played by Billy Bob Thornton. I love Billy Bob. I don't love this character he's playing. I, they totally wasted their Billy Bob. They did. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they wasted a lot. They had talent in this movie, and it's wasted. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to say, um, I got I to gotta look at this right now. Okay. Yeah, this was like... Billy Bob was married to Angelina Jolie era. Billy Bob. Wow. Like, he was hot stuff. And he played... The most understated creep. Yeah. It was like he was trying to play George Bush as Bill Clinton, but also try to be Billy Bob. Yeah. It it was... They didn't... It just... Waste, wasted Billy yeah. Bob. So one of the things that I think you were completely on to was I don't understand why women like this. Yes, I did say that while we were watching it. Yeah. It's not for women. It's not for women. The women don't end up happy. Yeah, the women the women are not portrayed. They're not the protagonists. No. Which which one was a protagonist? Let me ask you. I I agree with you. There was the one chick who had the brother who had the emotional issues. 
And her storyline ended with her not getting with the guy that supposedly she'd been in love with for two and a half years. Because she was just so selflessly a caregiver. And that was the happy resolution to her story. That was her version of love. Right. Yeah. Was Which, to like be a caregiver to her mentally ill brother who was in a facility. Like, she didn't actually need to waste her entire life. Well, and... and- and the way they illustrate this is she and this guy she's been in love with for two and a half years, they dance and then they kiss and she invites him up and they're just so happy to be with each other physically. And then her brother calls and she has to stop mid love session to talk to her brother. And then, you know, they get back into it and then the brother calls again and she and the guy friend dude is like, Will answering the phone fix what's wrong? And she says no, and she answers the phone anyway. And then they just sort of sit on opposite ends of the bed and look sad. Yeah. (laughs) Because she can't make time to make time in this two and a half year time span. So it's never going to work out. Right. Yeah, she, she decides that she can't have love because she has to be the caregiver. Mm hmm. And this is for a family member that wasn't even relying on her for care and sustenance. Yeah, I think she's... It was just such a stereotype of, like, women are just natural nurturers, and even when they've got this steaming hot man in their bed... They're going to sacrifice for family. Yeah. Yeah. They can't have steaming hot men in their bed. They need to go take care of their brother that they call darling. It was really weird. Yeah. Darling. There's almost nothing in that movie that isn't awkward. And I am still upset that this movie comes up every year at Christmas as though it's supposed to be part of my cherished tradition of the holiday season i think the reason has to be like people see it and they go oh i know who that is i know who that is i recognize that person yeah star studded and filled but the odd thing is it would have been a better movie if they cut out all of these side stories with non-stars that we didn't care about because we didn't know who the actors were and actually fleshed out the stories that had known entities in them. Yeah, and, and that's like, it's hard to say, you know, you want to say that the acting was bad because you didn't, they didn't really have anything feel to work for with. anybody. They didn't have anything to work with. It was but, terrible writing. But you also want to say the acting was good because genuinely these are A-list star actors that did some really good scenes they did they nailed what they were supposed to be doing no i differ and my main example is the scene with rowan atkinson and alan rickman at the jewelry counter it tried to be funny so hard but was completely lacking comedic timing yeah that was just an awkward scene it was supposed to be funny I mean, I think the writers assumed that they were going to put Mr. Bean in there and just his presence was the joke. It didn't work. No. No, it didn't work. But it wasn't the actor's fault. No, because the actors had to deliver the lines and the timing 
It was too stretched and out. And they didn't even have enough plot development to give their characters any personality to work No! With. Basically, Alan Rickman's character was, oh, I guess I love my wife, but this lady's hot and wants to have sex with me, and I'm her boss. And I'm a little sad, because life did this to me. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna keep trying to have both. And I love Alan Rickman, too. And this... But there is just nothing. No. Like... He brought nothing to this character. Other than this being Alan Rickman. He was Alan Rickman. nothing to him. No. No. It's terrible. I, I don't even know, like, how they got all these actors to say yes to this movie. Apparently, they'd all worked with the director before. Yeah, I did read that, now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, like, kind of a friend. Yeah. I guess. Boy, that friend did them dirty. Well, apparently it's a very popular movie. I don't know anybody who likes it. At I've, least that d- mentions liking it. I, I, don't, I don't run into people who have fond things to say about this movie. I've gone out of my way for years to not watch this movie. I'm really curious. I, to people listening, I if you're upset... That we are dogging on your movie here. Um, let us know. I, I want to know. Because, and to be fair, we dogged on Amanda's favorite movie. We're, we can take what, what we dish, okay? Like. Yeah, but also, if you're upset at us, I don't really want to hear it. <laughs> Not over this one. <laughs> I I do. Don't listen to Amanda. I want to hear <laughs> I mean, this is this is what it's a prime example of what I don't like about your typical rom coms. But it's not even a typical rom com. No, but it's like ten of them packed together into the same movie with nine eleven. Yes, <laughs> but it it in in ten semi digestible stories, it breaks down what I don't like about rom coms. Awkwardly putting together two leads. Always straight, with no prior connection or reason to get along so well, so quickly, and then they're in love. This guy, so the the writer guy, and his Portuguese house housemate, in the movie, in the time frame set by the movie, know each other for like six weeks. Not even that, because she leaves halfway through. So they know each other for like three weeks, and he sees her strip once to do something stupid. Because this was written by men, so she's going to do something stupid so you can get cute booty shots. And then they both, like, start taking language classes, and then he proposes to her. Even though there's no rush! There's no rush! And he's better at speaking Portuguese than I am at languages that I've studied much longer than three weeks. Yeah. And and that exemplifies what I don't like about your average rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. But then they took that and somehow made it worse. Well, because they did it ten times, but poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's just, it's up there. I, like I said, until I saw The Singles Ward, I would have told you that this was the worst movie I'd ever seen. Without hesitation. This is probably the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. 
And that includes all those Hallmark things that we all groan about because they're groan worthy. This is worse. Yes, it is. Because I can watch the Hallmark movies with my mom (laughs) and I can't watch this one with her. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Which, let's face it, that's kind of what Christmas is supposed to be. It's get the family together. Get the family together. Like, let's not get the family together and watch simulated porn. It's softcore porn. I know. Like, not even tantalizing. I saw it with my mother. It's terrible. We had no idea. All right, what would you uh, what would you rate this movie on our ubric? Um, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I spent like the first thirty minutes just thinking, like the footage was passing in front of my eyes, and I was still stuck on nine eleven <laughs> and thinking about like <laughs> I know. the different conspiracy theory videos I could be watching that would be so much more entertaining. <laughs> And I kept thinking, are we supposed to all be grateful that these people didn't die in 9-11? Is that the point? Like, like their planes made it home? Unless your movie is about 9-11, don't bring it up. Yeah. It does not set the uh, <laughs> mood. Oh, and then all this stuff. Christmas is shoehorned in. It is not a plot on any level. Except for Christmas magically makes people speak for their heart. Yes, and everyone's like, I wouldn't say this except it's Christmas, and people tell the truth on Christmas. I'm like, who? Have you heard of Santa Claus? <laughs> I, I also haven't heard of this truthiness of Christmas yeah. thing. <laughs> it's totally. Yeah. Do we tell the truth on Christmas? This is news to me. Again, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> to all our younger listeners, why are you listening? <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> I mean, what more is there to say? Hi, Amy. I'm Amanda. <laughs> You're supposed to ask me. Oh! <laughs> Amy, would you like to tell me on our Ubrick scale where you rate the movie? <laughs> yeah, I, mm. I don't know if that's higher or lower than the no, no, you gave singles ward. <laughs> it's, it's a little higher than that. Okay, but it seemed pretty close. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, and and I think it. Well, it's almost worse than singles ward because it's supposedly meant to have mass market appeal. And I like Singles inter- Ward never pretended to no, be no, no, for no, no, anybody no, 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 but no. Utah Mormons, as you said. Yeah, this movie is supposed to be. It was international. A beloved. It was international Christmas film. Yeah, it made a ton of money. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> well, thank you for reminding me to ask you. <laughs> she was just pointing at herself, going, "Me, me, me." <laughs> I was like, "I can say your name." I know who you are, Amy. All right, everybody. I have had enough bad movies for now. I um, want to remind you, we are professionals. Don't watch these movies at home. Please don't. (laughs) To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. 
Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vital, it wouldn't be a miracle because Geico gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail biter. Nope. The Geico team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. Geico is awesome, baby, with a capital A. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Johnsonville sausage strips are strips of sausage that look and cook like bacon. They come in amazing flavors like original, maple, or chorizo. Now you can transform your BLT into an SLT or turn your bacon cheeseburger into a chorizo cheeseburger. It's not bacon. It's Johnsonville sausage strips. And it's a meaty miracle. Find it by the bacon, even though it's sausage.